Welcome everybody to the Overtime Vibe Sports Podcast. Uh, my name is Amato and I'll be hosting this for you. And we're going to be talking mostly about basketball, some football, and occasionally combat sports like UFC or boxing if there's a big main event coming up. But for this first episode, it will be exclusively basketball and we'll just be going over teams I do like, teams I don't like, possible MVP candidates, and basically teams I think that can make a run for the title so that you can know where I stand uh, with the different teams in the association, get a good background, and then moving forward, we'll start to get more specific into things that are going on right now, and then maybe sprinkle in some more information about the NFL, because there's a lot of interesting trades and free agent trends going on with that I might have to play catch up with, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But I'm just going to try and keep it real laid back and genuine, and we'll just get right into it with some of the teams that I'm looking at as major contenders and other teams that I don't think have what it takes. Now, will there be some bias? Uh, Hell yeah, but I'm not going to try and go too crazy with that for you guys, but we're going to start off looking at the Utah Jazz, you know, best record in the NBA, but I guess you'll just have to call me a hater or a doubter because I don't see any way that this team makes it out of the West and into the finals. They just don't have the firepower that some of these other teams have. Because Donovan Mitchell is the only one averaging over 20 points a game on his team. And through the playoffs, you will need some help. I know that we saw LeBron James in 2018 be the only player on his team to average over 20 points a game. And, you know, he made them make the finals based on just sheer willpower. But Donovan Mitchell isn't LeBron James. And that team in, 20, in 2018, LeBron's Cavaliers, got absolutely smoked. You know, their talent was so much less than Golden State. Granted, Golden State would have smoked anybody. But we did see it again in 2019 with Kawhi Leonard. You know, the closest teammate that he had to averaging 20 points in a game was Pascal Siakam, who averaged 19. And, you know, he did have a fantastic playoff run. He made the finals and he won it. But let's be honest, he would not have won that finals if Golden State had been healthy. So there's a couple special players that can, you know, take their teams to the finals. Donovan Mitchell just isn't one of them. He's just not there yet. The Jazz are just a really good team that is overperforming right now. And I think uh, as a whole, they're greater than the sum of their parts. And they they just kind of remind me of the uh, 2014 Atlanta Hawks, you know. There was no, like, really good all-star player on that team. No one averaging over 20 points a game. But they had the chemistry, I guess. But, you know, we saw them get ran out by LeBron in the playoffs. And I just feel that's going to happen to the Jazz. My favorite to make it out of the West, you know, has to be the LA Lakers. When Anthony Davis is healthy again and in that lineup, I just can't see them losing a best-of-seven series to any other team in the West, you know, not even the Clippers, uh, Nuggets, Trailblazers. I will say, though, Lakers are definitely my favorite, but another team that is on my radar and I think should be on everybody's radar is the Phoenix Suns. Absolutely no surprise that they're a playoff team now after what they did last year, trying to make that late push for the playoffs going 8-0. Uh, you know, with the addition of CP3, that obviously just puts them over the top. They're going to be a playoff team. But I truly did not expect them to be second in the West. And I have a lot more confidence in this team than I do the Utah Jazz. I think the Phoenix Suns could be a dark horse for the uh, Western Conference title for a couple of reasons. 
you know, their defensive rating right now is fourth in the NBA, and their offensive rating is eighth. You know, they're top 10 in both. And I know it's offense that gets asses in the stadium, but it's defense that wins championships, and they're doing both right now. If they keep defending the way that they're defending, they don't need to get more points than they're already getting. Last year, the Lakers won the championship being the 11th rated offense in the league. So if they could just match that and continue defending, then they're fine. And this team could beat anybody. But I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking right now. You're thinking, Amato, you just said that you didn't believe in the Utah Jazz because they only had one player that got over 20 points a game. And right now, the Phoenix Suns also only have one player that gets over 20 points a game. That's Devin Booker. The difference between the Phoenix Suns and uh, the, the Utah Jazz, the difference between them is Chris Paul. He is the key to the Phoenix Suns' success right now. And he's not averaging 20 points a game in the regular season. But come playoff time, mark my words, he's going to show out. CP3 has been in the playoffs 12 times in his career, and 8 out of those 12 times, he has averaged over 20 points a game, with one of those seasons being 19.8, one of the seasons he didn't. So for essentially 9 out of 12, he's averaged 20 points a game. And just because a player chooses not to take over the offense doesn't mean that they're not capable of taking over the offense. Because, you know, back in his Clipper days, when Blake Griffin was injured, I, he would be dropping 30 points because he had to. And if he has to, if his team is stalling offensively, he will take it upon himself to get the bucket. His playoff average throughout his career is 21.1. So not only will he get you consistent scoring, he will get the rest of your team involved as he always does. So paired with Devin Berger, you have guys that can go get a bucket themselves whenever they need to and also run plays to get the rest of the team some easy looks. And after watching Chris Paul with OKC last year be essentially just as good as they were with Russell Westbrook when nobody expected it, absolutely nobody expected it, you have to give a lot of that credit to Chris Paul because he took that young team into the playoffs and he drove James Harden and the Rockets to the absolute limit. You know, it came down to the final seconds of game seven. So after seeing the type of impact that Chris Paul was able to have with that team and how they were one basket away from advancing in the playoffs to the next round, put him with Devin Booker, a much more talented player than he ever had with OKC, then uh, this is a legit threat. And one of the things that impresses me the most with uh, the Phoenix Suns is how quickly they turn this team around. You know, it was only in 2017 when uh, they were 24 and 58. Absolute joke. You know, Devin Booker scored 70 points. And, you know, that's an, an amazing thing. And they should celebrate their teammate. But they were celebrating like they just won, you know, a playoff game or something. It was, it was crazy how the culture shifted from being okay with losing to, uh, you know, suddenly being an actual contender. So the Phoenix Suns, I'll have to say they're my dark horse, you know. I would not be shocked if if they won. But that being said, I still don't see anyone beating the Lakers. I know that there are still some people out there that think the Clippers can give them a run. But honestly, it's just really tough to get excited about them. 
after uh, their absolute collapse against the Denver Nuggets last year. I mean, how they blew those leads three three times in a row, uh, I will never know. But not only now did they lose their uh, sixth man of the year, you know, Montrezl Harrell, to the Lakers, they also downgraded their head coach position. I mean, Teron Liu is just not good, man. He's just not good at all. There's been a number of coaches in the league that have simply looked like they know how to do their job because they're coaching great players. You know, we saw Luke Walton get hired just because he was the interim head coach for like the greatest team ever at Golden State. We saw Teron Liu look good because he had LeBron and Kyrie and Kevin Love. And, uh, you know, they both got fired. And now Luke Walton is the coach of a really bad Sacramento team. So, you know, having Teron Liu as their coach, having lost Montrez Harrell, I just think that the Clippers are set up to be the little brother in L.A. again, getting kicked out by their older brother, going home to say, Mom, the Lakers won't share the conference finals with me. Except there's nothing they can do about it. Before, uh, you know, a season ago when they had the meltdown against the Nuggets, I really did think that they would be the ones to uh, make it out of the West and go to the finals. But after, you know, some of the slight roster changes, head coaching changes, uh, I think I just know never to make that mistake again. And I just won't doubt the Lakers. But moving over to the East now, uh, I think there's really only one team I need to talk about. And that's the Brooklyn Nets. Giannis and the boys in Milwaukee might think they have a shot, but I mean, with Kevin Durant coming back, with the addition of Blake Griffin, when that team is healthy and firing on all cylinders, there's absolutely no way that they lose to anybody in the East. I don't think there's any way they lose to anyone in the NBA. You know, if that team is healthy and they are able to put all their pieces together, they should beat anybody. I don't think there's going to be any offense that could come close to the type of three-point shooting, the type of uh, playmaking you're going to get from James Harden and Kyrie, their offense is going to be untouchable. And there's a reason why they have the number one offense in the league. You know, they're putting out 120 points a game. Absolutely absurd. And I know for a stretch there, after the James Harden trade, uh, they actually did have the worst defense in the NBA, which I can't, I don't, I can't say that I'm, I'm shocked. But they've got it together. And I think uh, you can't really make a meme out of James Harden's defense anymore. You know, the guy actually puts effort in now. Their defensive rating over the season is still pretty low. It's 25th defensive rating. But over the past 10 games, if you look at their defensive rating, while they have been on an absolute rampage, nobody is safe in the NBA. They have you know that has that number has increased from 25 to number nine you know they've broken in the top 10 and I would expect when Kevin Durant comes back that's only gonna get better and with Blake Griffin you know you then have four Hall of Famers on one team which is nuts you know Kevin Durant Hall of Famer James Harden Hall of Famer Blake Griffin Hall of Famer and Kyrie you know if he keeps doing what he's doing for uh a little bit longer, you know, that's a shoe into the Hall of Fame as well. You know, I, I feel like I don't even need to talk about this team, just of how good they are. Uh, if they don't win this season, it is a huge bust. You know, this is like championship or nothing, but I, I think they'll do it. You know, I don't see a way that other teams could keep up. I mean, we could look at other teams in the East, like the 76ers 
or the uh, the Bucks with Giannis. They're the only teams that could possibly challenge the Brooklyn Nets. But um, I just I just don't think it matters. You know, this team, I think, is going to roll everybody kind of the way uh, Golden State did when Kevin Durant joined them. You know, they uh, assembled another super team around one of the best to ever do it. So this team is definitely my favorite to win the championship. They have just looked totally unstoppable. And I'm just going to say this now before it happens. When Kevin Durant comes back and when they get, you know, Blake Griffin uh, going in there too, they will probably lose a couple games. You know, they've had a great thing going, but they're going to have to shake it up, you know, getting Kevin Durant the ball, getting Blake Griffin the ball, getting that to mesh together. And it might take a couple games. And, you know, they might drop a few. They might lose back to back. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But people are going to start scratching their heads saying, oh, my God, are the Brooklyn Nets better without Kevin Durant? And the answer is no. Uh, They're just not. No team is better without Kevin Durant. That's completely asinine. So I'm just going to stop it before it happens. So I know that I spent a lot more time talking about the West than I did the East. Uh, I think there's a lot more going on there. There's a lot more competition there. Uh, I think the East is just game over. But, you know, moving away from teams, we're going to kind of switch over to my picks for the MVP. Uh, You know, I'm going to put the obvious names out there first. Uh, Of course, you know, I have to put LeBron and Giannis in that conversation. You know, LeBron has been there every single year he's been in the league. Basically, he could have been MVP. He's doing it once again. Averaging about 25 and a half points a game, eight assists, eight rebound. His team wins even without Anthony Davis. You know, that's uh, a no question. Obviously, again, Giannis, man is going absolutely crazy. You know, 29 points, 12 rebounds, six assists. His shooting percentages are great. Well, not his three points. He's working on it, though. He's at like 30%. You know, he's working on it. But moving on to the maybe not as obvious picks, uh, you know, Joel Embiid, also has to be up there. You know, the man is doing everything on a team that is winning a hell of a lot of games. He's giving you 30 points, 12 rebounds, and three assists. You know, I think these are all career highs for him. Uh, whole, uh, the points are a career high, not the rebounds. But, you know, he's scoring 30 points a game, career high. His team is winning. And by far and away, he's the best player on his team. No one really comes close Without him, the 76ers would be like mid-tier at best. I mean, not only is he a five, shooting 42% from three, 42% from three, he's also shooting double-digit free throws every game, shooting 11 free throws every game. Uh, It is terrible that he did just hurt his knee. He's going to be out for a while, so that could hurt his MVP chances. But um, another big man who I think... Uh, really, really would deserve this, would be Nikola Jokic on the Nuggets. I mean, the guy literally does it all. He's a five, damn near averaging a triple-double. He's putting up 11 rebounds, 27 points, and about eight and a half assists a game. You know, everyone was really quick to give Russell Westbrook his MVPs for averaging a triple-double, and this guy is nearly doing the same as a center which is totally absurd. I mean, this man is the pillar of his team. I think the best uh, big man in the NBA, even better than Joel Embiid, and maybe even better, at least offensively, than Anthony Davis. Obviously not as good on defense, 
but the way that Jokic will just rip your team apart with passing, you know, you can't double the guy. And he, if you do, he's going to find the open man. In the post, he's an absolute menace. He also suits over 40% from the uh, three-point range. And he's, he's just too good. He's just too good. And, you know, what's great about Jokic is he's only 25. And as he gets older, you don't have to worry about him losing his athleticism because he doesn't have any. He's just good. And now I know that the Nuggets, at least for me, you know, they're a little bit lower in the Western Conference standings than I would have expected this season, shooting at fifth place right now. Uh, I wouldn't say this because they're a bad team. You know, they're 23 and 16, just under 60% winning percentage. I think there's just teams that are overperforming, kind of pushing them down in the standings, uh, like the Utah Jazz and Phoenix Suns, who we talked about earlier. But this is still a really good playoff team, and they are what they are because of Jokic. Now, uh, my last uh, player I'm going to talk about for MVP, another team in the West, same exact record, as the Nuggets, is the Portland Trailblazers. And, you know, am I maybe a little biased here? Sure, maybe. But I still don't think that Damian Lillard gets enough respect. I mean, the guy just dropped 50 points in a comeback win. And, you know, he's giving you 30 points a game with eight assists. And those assist numbers are something that really have improved, particularly uh, over the last, like, two, three seasons. Those assist numbers have gone up by a couple, which just adds to his team's success. And, you know, not only is he still getting better, uh, he is one of the most important pieces to any single team. Like, if we're talking most valuable player, which player means the most to their team, Damian Lillard has to be in that conversation. He is one of the best players in the NBA in the clutch. He's averaging about six points in the clutch, which is five minutes left in the game when the team's uh, point difference is five or less. So when it matters most, he is a bucket. His overall shooting percentage and his three-point percentage both get higher in the clutch than his regular averages. I mean, the man is absolutely cold-blooded. So when it comes to a player that means the most to their team, uh, it's tough to say that anyone means more to their team than Damian Lillard means to the Portland Trailblazers. And uh, I know, I know that I said he was my last person I was talking about, but I'm going to throw one more in there just to stir the pot a little bit. Uh, Rudy Gobert off the Utah Jazz is giving you about 15 points and 15 rebounds with about three blocks a game. I know he doesn't get you a ton of points, but you know that is a solid double-double with three freaking blocks a game on the winningest team in the NBA. So everyone always says, you know, MVP race, winning matters. You can't be an MVP on a bad team. So, you know, just to uh, throw that out there, you know, he's giving you 15, 15, and three. And, uh, you know, Steve Nass got MVPs for, what, was it like 18 and 10 or something like that? You know, just giving you a double-double. So, you know, Rudy Gobert is doing something similar on uh, the best record on the NBA. So just something to throw out there. And I know that uh, James Harden is also in this conversation, same with Kyrie Irving a bit. Me personally, you know, I can't put anyone from Brooklyn in the MVP race. Uh, I know right now it's mainly just uh, the duo with James Harden and Kyrie. 
But, you know, with, with Kevin Durant healthy, you know, this team is going to win games regardless. You know, you really only need two out of the three. Like, you can take one of them, any 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 one of those guys off the, the Brooklyn Nets, and that team will still be successful. So, if you want to talk about most valuable, um, they're all just so good that, you know, you, you could lose one and the team will be fine. So, you know, I can't put any of the Brooklyn Nets players on there. There's just too much talent for one player to be, uh, you know, that crucial. But uh, that is all I got for you guys today on the first episode of the Overtime Vibe. Uh, I know it's pretty quick. I'm shooting to make each episode about 30 minutes. Uh, This one's sitting at like 20 minutes, about 20 and a half right now. In the future, they will be a little bit longer. Uh, You know, I want to talk more specifically about certain teams, certain players, and also start getting into football. And I also would like to add some time by, uh, you know, answering questions uh, from some of the listeners. And, you know, people could send in hot takes, you know, ask questions, uh, say things that they would like to hear about or my thoughts on something that they're interested in. Or, you know, I could ask a question at the end of an episode, uh, hear back from you guys for the next one, and then we can spend time talking about that in the next episode. I'm planning to uh, do one episode every week. So, you know, thanks for tuning in and I should have another one out for you next Thursday.